Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hello and welcome to Money Girl's Quick and Dirty Tips for a Richer Life. In today's episode, I want to talk about how banks work. Banks make money by making loans. Depositors put money into the bank, and the bank turns around and lends the money out to a borrower. The interest rate the bank charges a borrower is higher than the interest rate it pays on deposits. Banks make money off this difference, which is called the spread. But that's just the beginning. The amount of money that a bank can lend is actually much, much greater than the deposits in the bank. Banks lend out many times more money than they actually have. How much they can lend out depends on the reserve requirements set by the Federal Reserve. In the United States, reserve requirements are typically 10% of the total value of the checking accounts at the bank. A small reserve requirement magnifies the amount of money banks make from lending money. Think about it this way. If your bank has a 10% reserve requirement and you deposit $1,000 in your checking account, The bank must keep 10% or $100, but it's free to lend out $900 at interest. The person who borrows that $900 will spend it, and it will usually be deposited into another bank. Then that bank will do the same thing. It will keep 10% or $90, and then it's free to lend out the rest at interest, which is $900 minus the $90 or $810. This process is repeated again and again and is called fractional reserve banking. Each time the bank receives a deposit, it keeps 10% as reserves and can lend out the rest at interest. After this process has been repeated as many times as possible, that $1,000 you originally deposited in your bank can actually be turned into as much as $10,000 in the overall money supply. You can calculate the $10,000 by dividing your initial $1,000 deposit by 10%. In this way, the total money supply in the economy increases when banks make loans. But when the money supply increases, the consequence is inflation. Fractional reserve banking leads to inflation. Because banks operate on slim reserve requirements, they would have an immediate and serious problem if their customers were to all demand their money back at the same time. This is what led to the thousands of bank failures during the Great Depression. In response to this crisis, the U.S. government created the FDIC in 1933, which ensures the deposits in banks that purchase FDIC insurance. I did two podcast episodes on FDIC insurance several weeks ago, and you can listen to them to learn more about how this insurance works. 
So how did fractional reserve banking come to be? To get the answer, we need to go all the way back to the 16th century and the time of the goldsmiths. Goldsmiths were the first bankers. Goldsmiths would store a person's gold and keep it safe for a fee. They would provide the owner of the stored gold a receipt to indicate the amount of gold they had stored. The owner of the gold could redeem his receipt for gold at any time. Eventually, the receipts themselves were used as money rather than the gold itself. When the goldsmiths realized that they could lend out more receipts than the gold they were actually storing, fractional reserve banking was born. As long as the goldsmiths kept enough gold to redeem those receipts that were presented for payment, the system worked. Fast forward to 1913. In this year, the Federal Reserve Act was passed, which created the central banking system and the Federal Reserve Note as a single paper currency in the United States. The Federal Reserve Act established parameters for the reserve requirements for U.S. banks. You can learn more about fractional reserve banking and the Federal Reserve by visiting the links at the end of the transcript for this episode at quickanddirtytips.com. Cha-ching! That's all for now, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. As always, everyone's situation is different, so be sure to consult a tax or financial advisor before making important financial decisions. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for seeking personalized professional advice. Oh, and I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to post a review at iTunes. Send your questions or comments to money at cutienow.com or call them into my voicemail line, 8776-RICHER. Thanks for listening. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.